0: Hello and welcome to the OneTrust Talks Tech Podcast. This is episode number 30 recorded on February 2nd, 2024. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at OneTrust and I'm the host of this podcast. Today's episode, we're gonna talk to Timo Gathman about a cool new feature coming out in the winter release as public preview. And I'm also gonna review a bunch of improvements that were made to the developer portal. As always, just a quick reminder that this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchasing decisions. Okay, now I'd like to welcome uh, to the podcast Timo Gatman, who is the product manager for consent and preference management. Welcome to the podcast, Timo.
1: Hey, Roger. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. So you've got a huge feature coming out in the winter release, which is February 9th, that's coming out as public preview, unified profile for um, CMP preferences. Just... Tell me a little bit about that and act like I don't know anything about like <laughs> preference management or anything and just what is this thing and, and why are we doing it?
1: Yeah, sure, we will do. Um, so as you said, that was a huge ask and a lot of collaboration across teams at OneTrust. Um, and the story behind it is really around, um, I guess, identity. So when you land on a website, right, or mobile app, uh, you bump a lot right now into consent banners um, a lot more and more, but ask you, are you okay with me using certain cookies to target you? Right. Um, then in that case, there's no way that, um, the business knows who I am. I am basically anonymous. I just bumped into the browser, just land that page now. um, So when I come into it
0: on the first time, like the first time in there, it'll ask me and I'll agree to that. And we, we can track that choice the user makes but we don't know who the user is per se right we don't we don't have an identity associated with it we just know like by an id who you are is that right
1: exactly usually some sort of like random id just to keep track of like your session in a way and the only thing we really do uh, when you say no or yes to targeting functional etc is turn on and off uh, certain trackers on the website and more about that, right? Just to honor your choices.
0: Right. And so if I were to come back in next time and I made those choices and I hadn't erased, erased my cookies or history, it would remember that and it would know what my choices were.
1: But exactly. It
0: doesn't know who I am, but it knows basically what my browser is because it's got a cookie on my machine for this site and that's keeps track of it. But I don't have an identity. It's just it's just basically this instance of this browser, right?
1: Exactly that, yes. Okay, Exception okay. because we use a cookie to save validity regarding cookie preferences. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I got it. All right. Makes sense to me. So, so now, now the problem is, is that the person who has the website has no idea who I am. They just know that, you know, this choice was made by this browser.
1: Exactly. Now the the problem is really, um, someone said they don't want me to use their data for targeting. Right. So what I'm doing right now, I just turn off certain trackers. That's it. We've seen certain businesses uh, wanting to go further because these these businesses they have some way of knowing who the person actually is, using either a login page or, you know, a prompt for an email, something like that. So they actually know who they are. Imagine now like I said please don't target me on the cookie banner. Won't I expect the same thing to happen in other processes but not necessarily on that one website and mobile app, but maybe um, on your email automation system, maybe I won't want you to like I guess it's a bad example for targeting, but I want you to stop sending me emails, right? Or I want you to stop sending my data to a third party, uh that's gonna further process my data for the purpose of like making money, you know, selling my data. Right. So it's not just trackers anymore. Um these businesses know who the person is, so they could technically honor these preferences elsewhere. you follow me?
0: Yeah, I do. Yep.
1: Yep. Okay. And um, this is where um, we currently had a product gap. Um, where on the anonymous side we have everything cookies, right? Like the CMP product, we have a mobile app consent, cookie consent, etc. Then on the other side of the spectrum, for anything that's identified, um, we have universal consent and preference management, which allows you to keep tabs profiles of preferences of your people. Um, So, you know, I remember that Roger said, yes, to targeting, but later on said no, because I know who Roger is. I have an email. I have some phone number or something and identify it, right? There's a gap in the middle. Like what happens when Roger landed on my website, he was anonymous. um, But then I had a way of knowing who he was and I want to transfer him over to that world of, um, I guess, identified experience. Right So basically, how do I make Roger become a profile in universal consent and preference management easily? Got
0: it. So so I land on a website. I have not logged into the website in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. I make my preferences choices that get saved and, and tracked. And so from a, from a cookie standpoint, one trust knows this browser, this person uh, has made these choices, but the per and then I go and I log into the website, like say Netflix or whatever. I log in. And now, they know who I am, but they don't know what mm-hmm. my choices I made in, in the preference center because I made them when I was anonymous.
1: Exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We need to bridge that. We, we need bridge to bridge that gap.
0: that gap. Got it. Okay, makes mm-hmm. sense. All right. So, so what this new this unified profile is is now you're able to bridge or connect those two things together: the anonymous choices with the known user information.
1: Yeah, 100%. So we're just making it a lot easier. It was already possible, right? Um, A lot is possible if you have custom scripts, so people were already, businesses were implementing uh, in a way uh, a sort of like a very customized um, system so that when someone was identified, they had to uh, hit one of our consent collection points, it would create a profile. It was complicated. Got it. Okay. The way that it is now is just tell us who they are, tell us who this person is, and it will automatically transfer over the preferences that were given when they were anonymous into a new, perhaps identified profile.
0: Got it. Okay. Makes sense. And how, how does how does that work from, uh, let's say I've got hundreds of thousands of users on my site, so obviously I don't have mm-hmm. people in the background that are doing that. How, how does that work in this feature that you've added to, to make that connection?
1: So for those out there that already use our cross-domain, cross-device functionality, it's exactly the same thing. So we already had the capability of synchronizing preferences, mm-hmm. be that if Roger logged in on the mobile app of the same business, he'll be able to just retrieve his existing preferences. Um, but that did not create a profile, right? And that, yeah, so, so that was still the gap. But essentially what we're doing is, keep on doing what we're doing for cross-device customer consent. You, with the <laughs> same setup, you'll be able to also, by the way, create a profile in US consent preference management. Really, realistically, concretely, it's a script or a parameter that you pass to OneTrust, saying, "By the way, this is the idea of the person done." Um, then we take, you know, charge of arrest. The
0: so they would just basically add that into their website, in their login logic, or whatever it is mm-hmm. that identifies the person. They would just basically send OneTrust a little bit of information and say, "Connect this person to this, to these preferences."
1: Exactly, and if you're already using cross domain, cross device consent. Uh, in that case, you actually don't have anything to do on your website or mobile app. Um, you can just make do the setup in your OneTrust platform directly, and then um, the next time someone logs in, they get a profile in US consent.
0: Nice. Nice. That sounds awesome. Um, and this is coming out as public preview in February. So if someone, if you want to see how this works and play with it in your environment... You just need to talk to your OneTrust representative, your customer success person, and they can get that feature turned on for you. Just a reminder that coming up in the nearest future, we're going to have that where um, you'll be able to maintain that yourself with a new feature management page that we're adding to the OneTrust application where you can go in and you can turn on those features, those preview features yourself in either your production environment or sandbox or UAT environment to test it out. Um, So Timo, like... Is this how many how many people have asked for this thing is is this is this kind of everyone that has preferences and universal consent it's like they they're asking for this feature
1: I think anyone that is a way of knowing who their audience is by login has been asking for it because it does sound like something that you know you'd want to have by yeah. default in wondrous platform um, because there's, there's a huge advantage for it it being your business can then be trust-centric. It can be um, first in line in honoring someone's choices even further than other companies do. Because, again, remember, like that profile is created in universal consent preference management. So that's great, but what does it mean? It means that you can then use the full feature set of universal consent, meaning trigger integration workflows that will notify other systems or other people that they should stop or start using the data in the way that the person intended. So that's why it's so important. Is because these workflows, these integrations that already exist, will now be powered as well by preferences, that a cookie, but were sorry, previously cookie only, and now just become preferences for everything.
0: That makes sense. So ultimately, companies will have will be able to um, basically take advantage and use those choices that are made across all their services, and just create that tighter connection with their consumers from a trust standpoint, like. They, the, the consumers will know that if I make this choice here then with with this company all of my all, all of the other stuff will, will just fall into place and I won't get I will get nagged by an email here or there or whatever it is that I've <laughs> made that choice
1: right exactly yeah that's, that's awesome.
0: It. So it's really about just a making it easier for companies to connect the two but also on a higher level it's providing a much greater service for their their customers or, or their consumers
1: 100%, that's exactly it, yeah
0: sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Cool. Um, looking forward to it. Any other final thoughts before we wrap it up on this?
1: I know it's an unfair um, question.
0: Should I ask you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of thoughts, but like I think like what's worth announcing uh, as well is that following that, um, for those out there that know about uh, consent strings, such as the TCF string or the GPP string, if you are someone that does a lot of targeted advertisement on your website, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is also information that will be made available on that new unified profile coming the version uh, 2024, March 1.1. Um, so that's additional information that you can send to your other systems. So it's really powerful because these consent strings basically encode a very rich um, set of like preferences. Um, in an encoded format, and it means that if you decode it, then you get a lot of information about what the person actually wants you to do with that data. So that is also a piece of information that will be available within universal consent um, and can be sent to other systems as well via integration.
0: Oh, that's cool. So that's going to be following on in in March timeframe. Exactly. Beautiful. All right. Well, Timo, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I had no idea what this thing did before this podcast, and now I know (laughs) I'm excited because I'm going to be making a video about it here in the next day or two. So now I feel like I actually know what I'm going to be talking about. I really appreciate it.
1: Looking forward to seeing it. Thanks, Timo.
0: Okay, now let's move on to some updates for the developer portal. We're excited to announce the winter release for our developer portal featuring several enhancements and optimizations to improve your experience. This release reflects collaborative efforts to identify and address key areas for improvement. Here are the highlights of the changes that went live on January 31st for the winter release. So for API tags and summary updates, we finalized a comprehensive updates to API tags and summaries, enhancing the clarity and relevance of information. Basically, we made it easier for you to find which API you need. In the API reference restructuring, we moved all the API related articles to the designated API reference section for a more streamlined and focused experience. We've renamed the documentation section to SDK Reference and consolidated all SDK-related articles within this dedicated space. In the navigation menus, we have conducted a thorough cleanup and reorganization of navigation menus for both API Reference and SDK Reference, ensuring an intuitive and efficient browsing experience. For the landing page, you'll notice immediately when you go to the dev portal, we've updated the landing pages for both API Reference and SDK Reference, providing clearer entry points and valuable information upfront. The global landing page has also been updated for the winter release. We've also introduced quick start guides for APIs and SDKs and website scripts, facilitating a quicker onboarding process for developers. Finally, we've reduced and consolidated the number of overview articles in the API reference from 24 to 5, focusing on delivering concise and impactful content. These changes along with a few UX UI enhancements aim to empower developers with a more organized, user-friendly, and informative developer portal. We appreciate your ongoing support and look forward to delivering seamless experience in our winter release. Okay, and that's all for this week. Thanks to Timo for coming on and talking about that cool new feature. If you have any feedback, requests, or anything you want to communicate with us, please send us an email to podcast at trust.com. Next week, we hopefully will have another product manager on to talk about roadmap, or we may just do the winter release overview for next week and then have the product managers on the following week.
1: Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next week.